be a Philadelphia sports fan. Doesn't life just come at you full circle sometimes in the craziest ways, the things you would never expect? Well, in the list of episodes that I never thought I'd have to come up here and make on YouTube today, we discuss a potential trade that would bring Floppy McFlopperson himself back home to Philadelphia to play for the Sixers. What is going on, everybody? RB here. Welcome to Philly Take with RB. You know what to do. Smash that like button for me. Hit that subscribe if you're new and hit that little notification bell so you're always notified when I upload or go live. A lot of people that watch these videos are not subscribed and I don't appreciate it. Go ahead and check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. Speaking of which, we will go ahead and read three more reviews today. We've been reading them on the show, and we will continue to do so. So shout out to Minto Broadbelt. Says he has one of the best Philly sports podcasts. I highly recommend this to people who like Philly sports. Thank you, Minto. Then we got Sloth coming in. Says amazing. Doesn't lie and tells what he really thinks. Best Philly podcast and best takes. I would give this more than five stars if I could. Shout out to you. Real one. He says highly recommend this. And the last one for today. And again, we will continue reading these. Daniel Belfield, my guy, says fun, knowledgeable, and passionate. Proficient content creator who's active and consistently engaged with his audience recommended for eagles and general philly sports fans yes sir shout out to everybody man appreciate all the love now getting into this whole thing today so if you guys did not hear yesterday there was a report that came out speaking of kyle lowry and it was uh talking about a trade rumor and it said a source said that kyle lowry would like to be here in philadelphia and pretty much they listed the sixers the heat and the clippers as the top three destinations if the raptors were to go out and make a trade and it says as you can see the toronto raptors would like young picks young players i mean picks and vets with expiring contracts now that was followed up last night by kyle lowry's agent who had like a little radio clip that I listened to. And he says his focus is, is pretty much climbing the Raptors out of the East. This is all BS. It's false, blah, 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 blah. And that's probably true. I mean, this is probably just a, a rumor to try to spark some things around. Um, but what I would say is that over the next couple weeks, we will get an, a real idea if the Raptors want to part with Lowry because they've been playing good without him. Uh, he's, you know, he's on a one-year deal and they, they're going to probably try to get his contract off the books if over the next couple weeks they kind of die off a little bit and you know they're just floating above water and you know they don't view this season as really being the season to go all in for a championship now maybe they do over the next couple weeks they buy heavily and they try to go for it especially in a week east but if they kind of just stay where they are well Kyle Lowry could be on the move now in terms of Kyle Lowry himself let's take it a step back Kyle Lowry is going to be 35 this coming month he's getting up there he's a Philly native six-time all-star from 2014 all the way until last year um I think he made the all NBA team one time, the third one, and he 
you know, he's been a qualified vet. He's gotten much better throughout his career. You know, he started off pretty rough, you know, switched a couple teams, but he found himself a home in Toronto. Um, and even though he's about to turn 35 years old, the guy will still give you 35 minutes a game. He's averaging, I think, above 18 points this year. He's averaging above six assists. The guy averages above five and a half rebounds, which I think is really good. And it shows, especially as a smaller type of guy, the kind of hustle and the heart that he plays with. Um, and he's shooting 40% from three. And that's everything you can ask for from a guard, a guy that can run your offense. And, you know, uh, over the last couple of days, I can't believe believe this but I'm actually being sold now if you guys know I always talk about Kyle Lowry aka Floppy McFlopperson and he's one of the only Villanova guys as a Villanova fan that I I just have never liked I don't like the way he plays I don't like his style he cries and complains and moans and he's flopping every which way like a fish and you know, every time we play the Raptors I get frustrated I'm like oh this guy and then the refs just feed into it but what is the one thing I've always said? And, and following up my anger and, and displeasure with Kyle Larry, I always say, well, if he was on our team, well, you know, I, I might learn to love him. I, I might, you know, I don't know, but maybe. I mean, the Sixers fans will get hyped for anything. I mean, we used to get hyped for Corey Brewer flopping at the Wells Fargo. Could you imagine Larry in there taking charges, the building going nuts? Oh my gosh. Look, I did not like this move at all from, from a, a entire standpoint a couple days ago. But over the last couple days, you little Sixers fans have been, uh, you guys have been persuading me. You've been selling me on the idea. And the more and more I think about it, it just makes sense. It, it, it's just starting to make so much sense. Floppy to Philly. Hashtag floppy to Philly in the comment section. Look, Kyle Lowry. He's like I said, he has his his foundation built. We know what the guy is at this point. He can still play at a high level. But look, let's not forget before the championship run of the Raptors, this guy was he was an internet meme. He was made fun of for years because every time they got to the playoffs, him and DeRozan, he would disappear. He would just straight disappear. And he used to get made fun of a lot for that, even though he was an all-star. But ultimately, a couple years ago, when they got uh, to the playoffs, they obviously beat the Sixers in, in disappointing fashion, and they went all the way. Him and, and Obviously, that team was led by Kawhi Leonard, but Kyle Lowry showed up, and he showed out, and he did what he had to do. Um, and I think that's the first way that this fits for the Sixers in terms of a leadership experience type of pedigree. Kyle Lowry has it. He knows what needs to be done. Shout out to uh, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat reporter, who was on the show a couple days ago. Be sure to check that out if you have not yet. We were talking about Kyle Lowry and, you know, Keith said that he goes, he still goes to the games and there's a lot of things you don't see, you know, on a TV timeout, Kyle Lowry kind of, you know, helping with the plays, running the offense, even if he's injured, he's going to be on everybody, but he's going to say, you got to do this, you got to do this, and, and he's going to hold people accountable. And that's a great thing. I think he brings in that, that championship level experience, kind of like what Danny Green has now. I mean, they, they won together in Toronto and I think he brings that kind of pedigree and that tough and grit to your team um so that's number one and the second fit i think it fits in terms of a roster perspective i do because what have we been saying is the main need of this team it is a ball creator that you can play alongside ben simmons now 
we know what Ben Simmons is. He's been playing out of his mind lately on, on, especially on defense, but on offense, he's being aggressive. He's getting to the rack. However, you know, what we expected is not happening. And that's the jump shot. I don't know if he's going to shoot it this year. I don't know if he's ever going to shoot it and it sucks, but Simmons is, is in his mode right now. And I like what he is doing and being consistent with it. And, you know, we've been saying, for years, all the people that have been saying, we need a ball-creating guard next to Ben Simmons. And, you know, it's kind of looking like that is true now. It's kind of looking like that is true based off how Ben is developing his own game. So, Kyle Lowry is a guy you can bring in. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He can create his own. He can hold himself on defense. Like I said, he can knock down shots. And he's just a floor general. He's going to come in and be tough. And he's going to kind of run your offense. And he knows his role. He knows his identity. And, and I love that kind of sense from Kyle Lowry. In addition to that, if you bring Kyle Lowry into this lineup, now we're going to talk in a little bit about what it would probably take to get him. But you could even potentially move a guy like a Seth Curry to the bench. And could you imagine that that fills another need? Because then you would have a Seth Curry and a Shake Milton backcourt off the bench. And I think that is absolutely lethal. You could bring Kyle Lowry in. You could ideally, technically, we don't really go by positions because Doc loves his positionless basketball, but you could bring Kyle Lowry in and play him at the two because originally I said, is Ben going to move to the three? How does that work? Is Kyle the main ball handler? Well, I think Ben could handle the ball. I think Kyle could handle the ball, and I think they wouldn't always be on the court at the same time, but when they are, they could find how to play with each other. You could do more things with Ben off the ball in terms of cutting, being in the dunker spot, and things like that. Um, Kyle Lowry's a great pick and roll guy, and and I, I just think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think Larry could be plugged into our starting lineup. And the number third, the number three reason why this makes sense to me is because there's not as much risk and it won't take as much to get him as it might some of these other guys. Now, listen, Kyle Larry's on, on a one year deal. I know it's a lot of money. I know it's 30 million dollars, but. That means you're not going to have to give up something in terms of a package like you would for a Bradley Beal, like a Zach Levine, if you want to go this route. You're not going to have to give up three first rounders and some more compensation and pick swaps. And you're not going to have to include a star. You're not going to have to include a Ben Simmons, a Tobias Harris, a guy like that. No. We're going to talk about it, but ideally you're going to have to include, like they said, young players who they might try to develop projects, right? An expiring guy and some draft compensation. So I don't think it would mean that you would have to give up a lot and you would be able to keep your core intact if you indeed believe that they are the ones and um, you would try to get a piece that puts you over the top. And I think that's why this makes sense given where we are at right now and given how our guys have played up to this point in the season. I really do. You look at Ben, Tobias, and Joel Embiid. They're all playing the best ball of their career. Embiid's playing at an MVP level. Simmons seems to have found himself. And Toby seems locked in. So if you don't want to have a chance of messing any chemistry up, you bring a guy like Kyle Lowry in. And again, it's, it's not going to be as much as some of these other guys. Now, if we look at a, a couple mock trades that I kind of drew up here on the mock trade simulator these are just players that we would probably have to give up now i'm absolutely sure you would probably have to throw in a first round pick maybe or maybe a couple seconds or maybe a second and a future first that's unprotected or something of that nature but in terms of the first trade these you have to line up the salaries and it's hard but danny green 
even though he has that championship experience, he, he has been inconsistent and he'd probably have to be in the deal with his $15 million. Then you got guys like Mike Scott ex expiring, maybe a Terrence Ferguson. But as you can see, I have Danny Green, Mike Scott, Tony Bradley, and a young player like Tyrese Maxey. In my opinion, you're going to have to either give up Maxey or Matisse Thybul. I don't want to give up Matisse Thybul. I've seen his defense, and I know it will be very, very valuable in the postseason, especially if we go up against one of these juggernauts. I mean, you got Ben Simmons playing the way he is, and then Matisse Thybul. It's going to be absolutely insane. I understand Maxie's been, you know, taken out of the rotation a little bit, but I feel like, and as crazy as this sounds, I feel like there may be more Tyrese Maxies in the draft than there are Matisse Thibels. Even though Matisse needs to develop a shot, we all know that he needs to get that shot down. He's still young, and his defensive IQ is something that that is like no other. So that's that's the first one I drew up, just player-wise. And the second one is Danny Green, Mike Scott, Tony Bradley, and obviously Matisse Thibel. I I would not want to do this. You guys can let me know down below what you think but there's other guys as well like a terrence ferguson there's vincent poyers guys you can throw in to kind of make the contracts work you could even get a third team involved which gets even more complicated um but you're definitely going to want to include a young player like a maxi or a thibble you're probably going to have to throw in danny green and it's going to probably be a first round pick whether it's now or in the future or a couple seconds or at least some pick swaps so there's going to be something of that nature to get a Kyle Lowry but you know in, in in terms of this the trade is going to be centered around one of these young players it's not going to be centered around like I said a Ben a Tobias so you can keep your core intact and if you're Daryl Morey I think that the question that you have to ask yourself is does this put us over the top Right, The Brooklyn Nets are playing well. It seems like the Sixers and the Nets could be destined for a showdown in the Eastern Conference Finals. Does this, in terms of our defense, in terms of our scoring, in terms of our creation, our, sport, our floor spacing, our consistency, our leadership, does this put us over the top? And I know people are saying you don't want to give up the bench. Listen, you will probably get more bench pieces in the coming weeks uh, before the deadline. That's not too bad to, you know, take care of. And don't forget the buyout market in a couple months with guys like JJ Redick, right? There's going to be guys that get bought out by their teams and the Sixers could be highly intrigued by that market. So I think you can fill out the bench um, other ways, but we know our bench needs to be improved. They're not really getting it done. And if that's all you have to give up for Kyle Lowry, look, it's one year. Maybe you talk to Lowry and, you know, try to agree to an extension as well. Well, maybe he would want to stay in his hometown. Who knows? Who knows? But I think the East is weak this year. I originally said that this would be a gap year, as you all know. But I'm telling you, at this point, it seems like the opportunity to strike is there. And if the Sixers feel this move puts them over the top, I think you got to take it. Would Daryl Morey be willing to do this move? I think he would. He said that we're going to save our chips for the right time. He, I mean, he seems very fond of Ben, Joe, and Tobias and how they've been playing under Doc Rivers. And he said this is championship or bust. So if Doc, if Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey and Elton Brand, they all come together and they think this move is going to put us over the top, well, I think they're going to pull the trigger on it. If Kyle Lowry is available, that's a big if depending on what happens with Toronto. And we know the rivalry and everything, but I've seen Daryl Morey make crazier things happen. You know what's even crazier? Daryl Morey traded Kyle Lowry in 2012 to the Raptors, where he ended up becoming the best version of himself. So there's a little bit of history, and that would be a crazy coincidence. Um, Look, 
at the end of the day, Toronto Raptors want to build for the future. The Sixers seem to want to strike on an opportunity this year. If Beal, Levine, if it's too much, if they're not available, you know, it's going to be a weird deadline. It's coming at us quick, and we have the whole situation going on, so who knows? But if you can win a championship, I think Daryl Morey doesn't hesitate, and um, it would be absolutely crazy. I, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that Floppy McFlops could be a sixer and could you imagine that i think he would the more and more i let it manifest it's it makes sense to me it does and it's crazy to say and i would have to learn to love him i would have to i mean i'd probably be, be you know getting hype and cheering every time this guy flops around like a dead fish but man what an intriguing trade kind of talk here and conversation. Um, I think we got to monitor over the next few weeks and see what happens with Toronto. If they start to go downhill, I could see it being a real possibility. That's all I got. You guys, let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. What do you think about this trade? What would it take to get it done? Is it the right move? Does it put us over the top? You guys, let me know all your thoughts down below. Appreciate you for tuning in. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and I'll catch you on the next one, man. Peace. Perfect. Perfect.